how about that? Episode 151, grab your wand, let's do something magical. Uh, Shane is out again, uh, but we have Derek. Classic Shane. Classic Shane. And Josh. Hey, everybody. And me, Courtney. Uh, And so this week we're going to talk about stuff that we've been playing, and also not so much about some of what we've been playing, because we do have a special episode coming up, hopefully in the next few weeks. Yes? No? Maybe? Maybe? Um, but Josh, what if you guys are not helping me here? You know, I hate this. You need to help me a little bit. Cause I am so awkward and weird and not meant for this, this part of the job. It's okay. You um, can't get better without practice. Can't get better without practice. Sucking uh, at something is the first step to getting kind of good at something. Yeah. Didn't That's Jake say that? From Adventure Time? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I thought it was we a should... Chinese proverb, but I think you might be right. I'm pretty sure it's Adventure Time. <laughs> we should just uh we should have a list of um rick and morty quotes that we keep for when jane's not around <laughs> like when they were on my little pony or for when he is around and we should only say them when he is around no because then he won't show up and then we'll have to do all he, the hosting he, he did he didn't show up anyway i mean you're not wrong. Where, where is he where was he two He's weeks not, ago you're not feeling good i'm not you're feeling having good. some troubles i know i'm trying to be i'm trying to be it's fine um, Control your man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. We have some. I have some funny stories I should tell you guys later. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, what have we been playing this week? What do we want to talk about? Um, Josh, what have you been playing? I mean, I've been pretty much playing all the same stuff I usually do, so I'll skip all of that and go straight to God of War, which we haven't been playing since the last time we were on. Um, and yeah, like we were mentioning, we we're going to do a, or what, like we hinted at, we're planning on doing a special episode, talking about it in full detail, so I won't go into it too much, but um, I think I'm at about halfway through the game. I think that it's- Have fun- you said what game it is yet? I don't think you've said God, the game. We, he said God of War. Did he? Okay. Yes. I played God of War. God of War. God of Four. Boy! God of Four is what I'm calling it. Because <laughs> for all I know, everyone thinks I'm playing the PS2 game from like 15 years ago. But um, but isn't it technically like the fifth one? Yes. No, because all the other ones are prequels. Prequels and spinoffs don't oh. count. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I feel like in the tone of the game, I don't know if you guys have played the other ones. Uh, I played some of the other ones. So I it, have, yeah. So it was like the story in part one was like, you know, he like rages and then he kills Ares and then he tries to kill himself but then he becomes the new god of war and then after that I was kind of like well it was kind of a shitty ending for him because it was like oh this isn't really what he wanted and now he's forced to have this and if they make a sequel I wonder how that's going to go and I like I feel like the first one they weren't even necessarily planning for a sequel and then the second one came out and the game just starts with him like rampaging and killing everybody for no fucking reason. And it felt so out of character <laughs> and like it had nothing to do with how the first game ended. 
and it felt like it was just an excuse to make another one. And that's part of the reason why I really had a hard time warming up to like, I always liked the God of War games, but I wasn't like a giant fan of them or anything. I thought that in a genre in this, when it's, it's part of the same genre as like devil may cry and Ninja Gaiden and eventually like Bayonetta, I felt like all those games really did the same thing better than God of War did. Like God of War really just had the mythology thing going for it. So, and then like the second game especially felt so unnecessary or like it didn't even really pick up where the first one left off. It was just like, let's just ignore how it ended and let's just come up with excuses to make him like ultra violent again and stuff. So when I'm playing this game, I feel like this is essentially the Kratos that I was kind of expecting coming out straight out of God of War 1's story. So I'm like, this one's like really intriguing because this is, I feel like what the natural evolution of the character should have been. Maybe it should have been sooner in my opinion, but I'm glad that they eventually got there. And it was just really cool watching how he, you can tell that he's just constantly trying to just like keep himself under control and he's not the same, or maybe that he's not necessarily that he's not the same person he used to be, but he's trying not to be the same person he used to be. And like everything that you do in the game kind of has this, feeling of temperament where he's constantly trying to just try to kind of constrain his power enough to where it's not out of control but enough to where he can continue to advance and like through the whole time that i've played so far it seems like his prior his priority is more a teaching his son than it is even like accomplishing anything for himself which is kind of a rewarding feeling to have after um you know knowing how traumatized and affected he was by losing his family the first time like his first family being able to see him be like the nurturing father that he probably wanted to be to his daughters before they were killed is really really cool nurturing might be a little strong of a word he's trying his best he's trying his best okay i know i know but i mean like there's been so many because i'm also playing derek you're also playing there have been so many times where i'm like where's my rpg interaction wheel choice where i get to be like put your hand on that boy's back and you pat his head and tell him he's a good boy because he is a good boy the best boy i mean he is a good boy but only because he's in only because he's invulnerable pretty much i mean (laughs) i'm that's i'm i'm honestly you just use him as a meat shield pretty much which is why i now which is why i want a kid now i mean (laughs) it's like you don't know like if fucking if fucking monsters are popping out of the ground, I could just have a son to throw at him. I mean, then I'm, then I'm safe. <laughs> I do want to say that um, as far as like game mechanics go, your son, uh, Atreus, who boy, like he is boy. We, we only call him boy on this podcast. Boy. No, I like, I like his name. I love, I, you Roman know what? Names like Greco Roman names are my thing. You know, to be completely honest, I didn't even really, really remember what his name was until you just said it. <laughs> It's Atreus. <laughs> yeah, my fiance was my fiance was watching me play of it today, and she's like, "What's the what's what's his name? Like, what's the kid's name?" And I was like, "I don't know if he has one." And then it took me like a good couple <laughs> minutes to be like, "Oh yeah, it's Atreus." Every once in a while, every once in a while, like you'll go up to find something because your your son as a companion character is probably, in my opinion, the best companion character I've had in a video game period. <clears throat> Because he's not like fucking Lydia, where she's just a pack mule and gets in your way and shit and doesn't really help. Like, she's supposed to be able to help you fight, but she really just gets in the fucking way and then she dies. Uh, um, Atreus doesn't, like, he can get in trouble. Like, he can get, like, I've had a couple like times a where he's been, not like a timeout, but like, he, he gets 
caught up with monsters yep. randomly. Yeah, because like, he can get like grabbed and then it's kind of like grabbed. a count. Like what happens if the, because it's kind of like a, a timer. I can't let myself. Because they give you like an eternity. Oh, yeah. I can't, let, I can't let myself, I can't let myself let him get in trouble. Like they're like, your son needs help. And I'm like, fuck, my baby is in trouble. And I'm like. Yeah, have to go and save him right away because I do call him my fake video game son. Um, Shane uh, will tell you like I've sent him pictures of me playing, and I'm like this is my son, and he is a good boy. You like Photoshop yourself in there, like hugging him <laughs> or something, <laughs> but <laughs> not quite. What? But I'm like, not but yet. You're working but on. But he's it. so useful. He does. He actually has a point to the narrative of the story. Like he helps. He's helping you drive the story. He's useful and like because he translates shit for you because you don't read. Nordic runes. He like I'm because I'm terrible at video games, which we've discussed. When I get lost or or can't really figure out what to do, if you stand around long enough, he'll give you hints on where to go. He'll be like, "Look over here. Let's try this." And it and like it's funny and though because like, oh, it feels like Kratos is like a giant dumbass sometimes because it's like <laughs> he's like, "Boy, read this." Like, "Boy, where yes. are we going?" <laughs> like, you're, you're the adult, yes. dude. Boy, do you remember the way? Well, but the way they did that is so nice because there's so many different places for you to go and we're having him be kind of like your your navi but useful is so nice. Yeah. I mean he doesn't carry it, shit it for of, you, but you don't the whole like the whole reading thing is interesting. It reminds me of and this may or may not sound terrible because I haven't said it yet, so we won't know until I say <laughs> it, but like in my day job, um <coughs> Like, I'm helping people with their Macs or their phones or whatever. And I live in Vancouver. There's a very high Asian population. So, it's the, they're the, probably the people I deal with the most. But the amount of children that I need to talk to, because yes. the children speak full and fluent English and the parents speak zero English, reminds me of this game. Like, I mean, the parents I say a- something in a language I don't understand. The kid is like, oh, yeah, this is going on. And yeah. the kid's like four. Uh, and I'm like, okay, you need to do this. And then the kid translates it and I'm like, I don't know what this kid just said or if he actually like, maybe he's just making shit up. Uh, but yeah, the the first time that happened in the game when he's like, read this, I was like, oh, this is like, this, this must be how the kids feel when they come into the store I work at. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, one thing. Just being used for, do you like, do you have a purpose in life kid or were you born just to translate? So your parents wouldn't have to learn English. You were born so your parents wouldn't have to learn English. And so you could be a doctor and make your parents proud, but they're still going to be somewhat disappointed in you because you did not become a doctor at 12. (laughs) (laughs) Like one thing though, that I really do appreciate about him. And it's a issue that I mentioned before, like whenever we talk about The Last of Us and the things I had problems with, and this game's getting compared a lot to The Last of Us because of the relationship mm-hmm. between the adult and the kid. But um, mm. I really appreciate that, like you all mentioned, that Atreus plays such a big role in the combat, but not just that, but like his main role is essentially to distract enemies so that when he hits them with his arrows, they'll chase him for a while. And I think that's really cool how you guys, your guys are kind of like working in tandem, like as opposed to The Last of Us, where I, I've said in the past, my biggest gripe about that game was it was really immersion breaking for me that in the context of the story, a lot of times they were targeting Ellie more than you, but like she's like literally running right in front of them and they just don't see her or they act like she doesn't exist. Yeah. So I, the f- way that they've integrated the relationship between Kratos and Atreus, not just in the story, but in the gameplay and the combat, I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Well, and he, you can like upgrade his stuff. You can get him a suit of armor and he'll actually 
run around and grab health for you. If there's health in your body that you can't get at, mm-hmm. he'll grab it for you and heal you, which is That's dope. Cool. It's so useful. Guess who dies a lot? So I love Kratos. that. N- me. Well, <laughs> me uh, as no. Kratos. Courtney well, I mean, Kratos. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, this game this game's kind of more way more punishing than the other god of war games i mean i'm playing on the hard oh, so much more yeah i don't know how normal it is because i'm playing just on hard difficulty but on hard it's like you get hit like twice like the game yeah. was actually really frustrating not i don't want to say frustrating but it felt really limited in the beginning and then as soon yes. as i unlocked the counter ability like the it became a completely different game to me <laughs> i was like oh shit i could uh, now there's a counter ability yeah that, that was the first thing i bought it's gonna change the game it was the first thing I that actually, i bought and i was like oh this is so much better now i can actually do I something actually, so i was gonna play because i'm terrible i was gonna play it normal and then i kept dying and was like i want to be able because we had talked about doing a show so i wanted to be able to be done because i thought you were way far ahead of me josh i think you're, so, you might be ahead of me now i think from what you were i'm saying. ahead of you now i'm pretty sure yeah are you still are you still where you were last time we talked? I'm a little bit further ahead, but not by much. Maybe like an hour. I'm ahead. hella further ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I I switched to I switched to I just want to know the story mode, um, which is like in any other game they would probably call it baby mode and make fun of you. But like I enjoy that because I like I don't play very well, and there have been parts of the game where I've had to skip like a lot of the um, so like they have those rune chests where you have to hit the different runes to make the chest open. Right. But there's ones where like they have a bell with the rune on it and you have to hit all of them within the same amount of time to have the chest open. I can't do that. I don't have that kind of coordination. My fingers don't work well enough with this damn controller. I ain't doing it. It's not happening. So like I've missed out on a bunch of gear because of that. Mm. But uh, I also am playing in baby mode, so I don't necessarily need the gear. (laughs) Uh, Good call. But um, yeah, no, I love this game. Now that you mentioned the gear, though, I think that is one criticism that I have of the game that like doesn't really feel like your ability to play the game is affecting your growth too much as much as it is. It's like you come past a story section or a or whatever where they give you a blue flame that lets you get better armor. And then all of a sudden you're like way stronger. But before that, mm-hmm. you're like getting your ass kicked and it feels slightly out of your control, especially because experience points only unlock new abilities but new abilities don't help a whole lot when enemies are killing you in two hits and you're surrounded by 10 enemies at a time yeah but that also might mostly that also might be made worse by the fact that i'm playing hard i'm kind of thinking about switching to normal not not because it's too hard or anything but because i feel like it might be skewing my perception a little bit yeah it might be skewing my perception a little bit you can do it on the fly yeah yeah unless you're playing give me god of war mode but I mean, I don't think, even mm. think there's trophies for it being the game on any particular difficulty either, so it doesn't oh, really? even matter. Like, Yeah. But yeah, that's about all that I have to say about it up to this point without giving away spoilers. So, Plus, like I said, I'm not even that far, so we'll have a lot more to say once we get further in, I'm sure, or once we finish it. I'm definitely going to play this game and then replay this game, I feel. That's how much I'm enjoying it right now. I have not enjoyed a game like this since Skyrim. The Witcher so. 3. I I oh. tried playing Witcher three and cannot play it. I told you, you just got to get past so the Griffin. It's so and then hard to want to do once that. You just have to buy once the... you get past the Griffin, it's like you'll never want to stop playing. You just have to unlock the counter ability. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say um, because like I almost didn't like I got excited for God of War because it was Nordic and I love Nordic mythology, and you had a son, which I thought was fun. Um, and like the previews looked really great, but when I first heard about it, I was not excited 
because I got into the God of War series after I played Dante's Inferno on PS3, which I loved. And I wanted it to be story rich like that. And it wasn't. And I was kind of worried that this wasn't going to be story rich like that. But I will say that uh, the gameplay in this is a lot different than the God of War I remember playing. Mm-hmm. Back I feel then. like it feels it feels heavier story wise as well. Like it feels like there's more. Yes, it, it feels like there's more story, which I'm definitely down for. But like I feel like some of the stuff, like some of the stuff that I loved from Dante's Inferno and why I played God of War was like when you're in combat, having to do the button combos to do stuff, like. You have to hit X now in order to finish this finishing blow on this monster that you're fighting. There's not as much of that. So, like, you'll hit, like, the circle button a couple times and it'll do something. But it doesn't feel like it's actually contributing to the action that's happening. Because you push a button once. Instead of having to push, like, four buttons in combination in order to get, like, that finishing move. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do miss that a little bit. But we've talked about God of War a lot. (laughs) We're not going to be talking about it that much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, have you played anything else, Josh? You want to talk about anything else? Uh, thinking about it, something, something stupid happened in one of the games I was playing, but I can't remember what it was. You know what? Forget it. I haven't played anything else. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Derek? Well, uh, I've been playing some God of War. Uh, it's like, it's pretty good. How far uh, have you gotten? So I just, I was playing a little bit today and I just got to i just like met that witch lady and saw the witch lady's house so probably way 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 behind you guys because that feels like about two hours in potentially maybe a little bit more or less yeah um i am i'm so impressed with this game uh and it feels yeah it feels so different from the older god of war games um and i remember those games and i i loved the first one and i feel like i don't really remember god of war 2 or 3 and then what was the other one judgment or something oh ascension was the prequel ascension okay I, so i didn't play ascension but i don't really remember 2 or 3 but i remember being super into 1 and i don't know why like i i feel like it was i was like 14 or 15 when it came out and it was like this crazy action game with tons of blood and gore and like nudity. And I was like, this is so mature. Like, wow. (laughs) Like how did this, how did this end up in it? And it was like heavy metal with like all this stuff is is what I remember. And like, how did this all, how how did they allow this into a game? And like, uh, which is funny because now when I look back on it, it feels just like, it feels very like, I don't know, like nineties, like, like edgy, like, yeah, like edgy, like it's trying to be edgy. Like, Print, like the second Prince Prince of Persia game so, uh, where they added the metal and stuff we like needed, that. Like, uh, we need to do a special episode one time and just talking about all the fucking bullshit edgy games that were coming out in like the mid 2000s. <laughs> it was like fucking Jack and Daxter yeah. got turned edgy for no oh, fucking Jack reason. Da- yeah, they yeah. tried to make Ratchet and Clank all edgy by making it you no know, like fucking um, what's the like fucking death tournament and they got rid of Clank altogether for like one game. <laughs> <laughs> and was trying to make it like super fucking violent. And then he had Bomberman, who was like the guy in the suit. Oh yeah, like, was what was that like Bomberman Zero or yeah, something? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like that, that's a discussion for another day. 
<laughs> but yeah, and I, I just feel like I remember it being super cool. Like, and I was, I was so into it at that point. Although the gameplay itself, like the game itself, I just felt like it was a ripoff of Rygar, the legendary adventure, which was the first PS2 game I ever bought and remains one of my favorite PS2 games of all time. Cause Kratos had like the, like he threw the knife things that were on his wrists. And so he, his, most of his attacks were ranged and, uh, Rygar had the, uh, what's the fucking thing called? Like the disc, disc blade or disc wheel or something. Um, I know what you're talking about. Xena had that. Xena Warrior Princess had that disc thing. Oh, of death. really? Yeah. 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 It was pretty cool. Kind of reminded me of like a. It kind of reminded me of like a Beyblade on a chain or something. Um, Xena know, would just but, throw her special and it would come back to her on her own because she was okay. like super dope. Because it was TV magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was so the nineties. <laughs> but this this game feels like actually like it feels actually mature like it feels deep and it feels like like the story feels i mean we're dealing with like kratos is a god and you know like that that first fight that you get into shortly after the game begins with i don't, I don't know who that character was the stranger uh, of the tattoos find, yeah yeah i don't know if you find out but that was like such a fucking cool fight oh, oh yeah it is so it is so cinematic and so dope like like there was so many moments throughout that first 30 or 40 minutes of the opening of the game where I was like, what, like just wow, like this is unbelievable. This is so cool. And it feels like really grounded. Like it doesn't feel, and, and I don't know if that changes along the line, but I feel like in the first one, it was just like, you're going through these giant areas and there's like a thousand dudes and they don't really even matter because you press the square button once and you're taking down like seven of them. Like it feels much more challenging and it feels much more weighted. Um, and I, and I'm, absolutely loving that like it almost feels like it almost feels like with a transition from the older resident evil games to resident evil 4 where you had this formula that ended up it was great for its time but ended up getting very very and feeling very dated uh and then they kind of brought that perspective closer and kind of matured it a bit and it really reinvigorated the series and and in turn the genre and i feel like that could be something similar here um I love the fact that it's like the whole game is like one camera shot. Like you don't ever see cuts or anything like that. Even throughout cutscenes, like it's so cinematic. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have enough. Like I, <laughs> I could ramble on and on and on. It's also, it's also freaking gorgeous. Like yes. I am so surprised at how well this game runs on a non pro PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I have like, I have an Xbox one X and I play most of my games on that at this point And they look fantastic. Um, but in the last couple of PS4 games I've jumped on, like I've noticed it's like they still look fine, but I've noticed a significant quality difference between that and what I'm playing on the Xbox One X. But God of War looks fantastic and it's so smooth. Um, I'm also, I, I had to get a new TV in the past week because um, previous TV was starting to have some issues and uh, Costco returned it because they, deemed that it was cheaper to let me return it than it was to try to fix it. Um, so I got a TV with HDR and I, I don't know if it's just that I've been playing games in HDR in the past for the past like four or five days, but holy shit games in HDR look phenomenal. <laughs> like the colors are unbelievable. Um, God of War was one of the first games I tried in HDR. So maybe it's like especially noticeable, but like just the, the, the contrast of, of, the dark to the bright areas that are visible on screen at once and the, all the insane range of different colors. It's just insane. Um, and I can't wait to play more. Uh, yeah, 
that's got a war. That's mostly what I played, been playing. Um, I also the a couple days ago, uh, Sony put up a demo of Detroit Become Human up on the PlayStation Store. Oh. Um, I, I'm really excited for this game because I have been a big fan of the David Cage games in the past and have loved playing through Beyond Two Souls and uh, the other ones. <laughs> the other ones that Heavy I can't rain remember and, right uh, now. Indigo Heavy Prophecy. Rain, yes. Heavy Rain, Indigo Prophecy. Uh, I knew Indigo Prophecy. I was trying to think of the title of Heavy Rain, and I just kept thinking about Jason. Jason. Um, but uh, I've, I've been really excited for this game right from the reveal trailer. Um, and the, the the demo is great. The demo, you you're may mostly play through actually that same scene that was kind of the focus on those earlier trailers of the game. Uh, you're playing as this android named Connor. Uh, you're in this kind of fancy high-rise apartment, um, and you're basically, tr- the, like, there's another android that's gone rogue and has taken this little girl hostage, and you have to try to figure out the situation and figure out how to basically get the girl out of that situation safely. Um, so you're kind of, again, it's, is another, it's, it's another gorgeous game, even not on the PS4 Pro. Um, it seems to run really smoothly, although the, the level in the demo, it's a pretty constrained area. You're playing through like a, an apartment, so it's indoors, it's quite, quite tight spaces, but everything looks really, really pretty, and, and there's a lot of interaction with the environment as well, a lot of things you can look at to kind of pick up the, you know, what's going on in the world around you and, and stuff like that, which is kind of neat. It seems to, it, it, similar to Beyond Two Souls, it kind of makes gimmicky use of a few of the uh, control elements, like you're swiping across the touchpad on the PS4 mm. controller to like, interact with like cell phones or tablets or whatnot which i feel like works and and is works in terms of the immersion piece but it also just feels tacked on as it always does because i mean they they had great ideas or the the touchpad itself was a great idea but i feel like it just turned into a giant button and that's all i can view it as at this point um but yeah, no, it's super interesting. They one of the things that they've done differently from the previous games because they've all of their games have been very choice based. There's different paths that you can go on based on the choices that you make. Um, but this is the first time they actually like after you play. I'm not sure if it's after you play through a scene or if after it's after you play through the whole game, but. Um, they actually kind of pull back and you can see the forks in the road that you took and the paths that you took. So you can actually choose to go back to another point and make a different decision if you like. So you can see a different outcome. And the demo is pretty quick. Like it takes about 15, 20 minutes, I would, I would say, to play. So I finished it and I went back and deliberately made some different choices. And it is quite interesting just how different like the dialogue trees are, um, but as well as the resolution for the resolutions that uh, happen um, at the end, because th- basically at the end of this demo, like, and, and it, I mean, it's not spoiling anything because it's in the trailer itself as well, but uh, this rogue android is uh, on the ledge of this high rise holding this girl and about to dr- drop themselves or just her off the building or whatnot. And on the first playthrough, I managed to actually speak to him long enough and get close enough that he fell back and he was taking this little girl with him, which was like a, quite a shocking moment. Like the, the, the way it's again, it's just like God of War is super cinematic. And um, I feel like this, it was really, really intense. A lot of these moments, like you kind of feel your heart rate rising because they did a really great job of attaching you to these characters just based on your, uh, your exploring the environment and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, my first round, 
he tried to like pull the girl off of the high rise with him and your character kind of, I chose to run up and grab her and, and my character actually ended up falling as well, but the girl was safe. And then I went through to play that section again. And this time I had picked up a firearm that I had found off of a police officer that had been shot. Um, and I actually shot this guy first and, uh, the girl was safe and so was I. So, um, It'll be cool to see kind of how that plays into the actual game because it seems like you'll play multiple characters in multiple storylines as you often do in the Quantic Dreams uh, titles, but I can't wait to play it. It comes out in May. Um, it's going to be really good. Sweet. That's it for me. Um, I play God of War. That's pretty much all I've been playing um, because it's amazing and I'm unemployed and I have time to play it. So... I, I mean, you were always unemployed, but you were now in I, school. Now I'm unemployed and not a student. So <laughs> I feel like I have, uh, like before I was like, oh, I have school and like I, uh, I'm still a contributing member of society. Now I'm a bum. Uh, it's fine. Um, but I get to play God of War all the time, which is awesome. So I have been trying to like get up and do some responsible things like working on my applications and stuff. But then I would just play God of War. Uh, I did play a little bit of Overwatch coming off my vacation because I, I haven't been playing games really since uh, our road trip. Um, and I think like I fired up Overwatch for the first time earlier this week <laughs> since before I left. Uh, and I played for a while and it was fun. But I mean, I haven't had the desire to really play again, um, which is kind of sad. And I've been getting shitty loot boxes, which I think kind of contributes to that. Like every loot box I get are sprays, duplicate sprays. And voice lines, um, so that fucking sucks, Blizzard. Yeah, tell Stop me about it. That. Like I haven't, I haven't got. I got one legendary at the pretty much at the beginning, and then since then, I got one other legendary. Like, uh, and it was like Goth Zarya or some shit. Yeah, um, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten any skins out of the box since I got my Zenyatta skin at Halloween. So cool. Um, I want the new May skin, the cute one where she's like in her fucking pajamas because I love her in those pajamas and I don't even play May anymore. Really? Uh, maybe if I start playing her, I'll start getting stuff in my boxes. Um, and then I did download the Harry Potter, Harry Potter, <laughs> Harry Potter mobile game um, because I have a friend who got it and she told me to, to remind me about it. So I downloaded it and I played it today. It's awful. Um, she was telling me it was awful, but she's not really a gamer. She likes, she likes to play mo- some mobile games and stuff, but she doesn't really like, she doesn't play video games on the PC or console. She doesn't have one. Um, but it's awful. It's like the world's worst tap tap game. Um, because that's all you do. <laughs> so, like, I heard, I think we heard about because it's, it's just it's just like tapping and timers, right? Like you just not tap even and like tapping and timers. For- yeah, yeah, you're just waiting for stuff. To, like you have to tap so many times to like, oh, concentrate. Tap three times. Ask questions from your teacher. Tap three times. It's not really interactive. Like, there's a little bit of a storyline. They're like, oh, you have a brother who's missing, and he's. He's, it's like a scandal. Um, I don't know why it's a scandal. My brother's missing. Um, but like, it's not very interesting. Uh, I was kind of expecting more. Cause like, I think when this came out, they said that the people who are working on Pokemon Go would be working on this. So I was expecting some like AR type 
options. So that is a different. Is game that a different that's game? Supposed to come out. Supposed to. I believe it's supposed to come out later this okay, year. Okay, good. But it's a totally different game. Because, okay, so this game is definitely piggybacking off that then, because my friend also thought that was this game. Um, mm. But yeah, it's just it's just a microtransaction mining game basically, and it's not even fun. Um, I was kind of hoping. I, I did hear that the story is quite interesting though. No. How do you feel about no. that so far? It's not. No, I don't really like because the story is kind of sandwiched in between these forced tapped actions and you're tapping so hard to get through the tap actions that you're missing the story. Um, so that's kind of lame because like I, I know vaguely what's going on with it and my friends played farther than I have, but it's just like it does. It's not really interesting enough to where like I'm slowing down to do the tap actions to figure out what the story is and everything is it's very linear and forced. Um, I feel like people are like trying to like it a lot because it's a Harry Potter game. And it's the first Harry Potter mobile game I think we've gotten. Um, but I don't like it so far at all. Um, how how could they like what would you what would make you like it more? Well, part of, part of our complaints so so like from the top like when you go like having these weird forced tapped interactions are are awful. Like you're in class. Like you're, I went to Charms class today. Uh, I'm in class. They made me tap a bunch to like ask questions and stuff, but I didn't have to do really anything. I'm just tapping on the screen to tell it to to do the three actions, and then you do have to do like a little symbol, a swipe symbol to do the actual charm thing. So you're doing Lumios. You have to do a little V sign on the screen. That's not too bad. Okay. Um, but everything looks pretty much the same, no matter who you pick. Like my friend picked Ravenclaw for her house. And I picked Slytherin. That was the other thing. I thought it would have something more like, oh, let's take a quick Pottermore quiz type thing. Like, maybe not like the full extensive one like Pottermore has, but like a shortened version so that you can be placed into a house. But you just pick what house you want. It's kind of lame. And it doesn't really change. Does it Does it change <laughs> anything? Or is it just like the your background or anything like I, that? So far, I have not found that it makes a difference for me because I did pick Slytherin kind of as an experiment. Um Mm-hmm. My friend said that from her perspective as a Ravenclaw, Slytherins are the bad guys. Like every time someone's misbehaving or acting out or something, it's a Slytherin, which is dumb because I thought we got past that whole Slytherins are bad guy thing. Because uh, Harry Potter so far is not in this anywhere. So it's not like Lucius Malfoy and his terrible Death Eater friends are running around. Um, I see. Well, and I, th- I, th- I thought I'd, I think I had read that this was like six years or something before. Yeah, maybe. A Harry and friends would actually arrive That's, at the school or something like that. I mean, so you could, so it could be more of kind of your own story or whatnot. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's not something I'm probably going to keep on my phone. I might play it a little bit more to see if the story is interesting and like try and sort between story information and tapping information, but like. From what I've heard from people that I know who've played farther than I have, like your choices don't seem to really influence what's going on. Like you meet a girl at the very beginning in Diagon Alley and she asks you about your missing brother and how she should handle it if it mm. comes up at school. And you tell her, you can tell her like, oh, like stand up for me and like say something about it or like just don't worry about it and just stay quiet. And it doesn't matter. She'll just make a big bunch of noise no matter what you do. Um, so like your choices don't seem to matter. It just feels like a mi- like a microtransaction generator. Not in love with it. Also, your characters are vaguely racist looking. Um, <laughs> in like a weird way. So like uh, my character, when I was making her, 
was very white looking. And then all of a sudden in all of the animations, she is not white looking out of nowhere. Like everybody gets a lot darker and it's not like my friend and I were talking about it and it's not in like a let's make sure that everybody has options and that we're being uh, politically correct and giving people of color a choice in how they look in the game. It's just randomly your character turns like my character looks very Asian out of nowhere. She wasn't that way when I started, and now she is. So it's really <laughs> confusing, and we're not really sure what's going on with that. So there is that. I don't know what happens if you have a, a person, like a character who looks like a person of color, and then you put her in. Do they get whitewashed? Who knows? Um, but we both we both mentioned that to each other, like out of no, like I'm like, did your character? Did she change? Does she look weird to you? And she's like, yes, she got. Like, she's not what I started with, and we t- were talking about it, and like, that's uncomfortable. Maybe you have to so, pay to get the race you want. Maybe you have to pay to get the race you want. You have to pay for that white privilege. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and is there, is it any, is it just single player, or is there any multiplayer aspect so to it? So, there is, so, that's also not clear and very confusing, because she was talking about, um, she's at the point where she's earned a bunch of house points, because you do earn house points okay. for your characters, and there's a leaderboard but she's not sure if those are actual players because you pick a first and last name. Um, okay. But it's not, or if it's just or if like, it's just like the, generated. If it's just like, it, yeah, yeah. So that is also, and she's like, because it was, it was build at least from what she was said. She thought it was supposed to be more of an MMO where you can maybe not interact with people, but at least like what you do in the game helps out the house that you belong to, and mm-hmm. that's not clear. So, so far. I give it a two out of five and that's a two out of five hoping that it gets better or that like the story might get interesting if I can sort out what's going on with the story between all the tapping. So it's just not my favorite, but I am looking forward to that other game because that's the one I thought this was and I was really excited for it. <laughs> so I'll, I was re- like, we were both really disappointed. So I'll let her know because that'll matter to her a lot. But I so I do know one other person, she said, because um, she was talking about it on Twitter, how much she loves the game. And I asked her how she felt about it. And she's like, well, I mean, it does feel like there's a lot of microtransactions and you don't really have a lot of choices and stuff. But I love Harry Potter. And I was like, ah, I see what they did there. <laughs> that makes sense. So I'm only playing it because it says Harry Potter. I mean, that's how most things work these days, I feel like, though. Yeah. But I mean, at least when I go, oh, I'm playing this game because it says Hello Kitty on it. I'm actually enjoying it. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, so the the other one is called Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Ooh, okay. Uh, and it is by Niantic, so the same company that made Pokemon Go. Uh, but it just says that it's supposed to come at some point. Sometime this year. Uh, actually, I mean, in the original announcement from Niantic, they just they didn't actually even share a date. Uh, they just said that it's their next project. Uh... So, I, I mean, I would imagine sometime this year. It'll probably be super broken at first, like Pokemon yeah. Go was. But. but, I mean, that's fine. Maybe, or maybe they'll have learned from uh, from their mistakes in Pokemon Go. Come on, my page. It looks like it's going <laughs> to give me an answer, but it's not that's loading. Funny. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Hogwarts Mysteries garbage. Where does it say about the Pokemon Go one? It doesn't say. <gasps> Why? Okay. Um, I, hope they, I hope they keep working on Pokemon Go. Don't forget about it for fucking Harry Potter, man. I swear. <laughs> I I keep like I keep they they can keep updating Pokemon Go and I keep um 
every update I read about it, I'm like, I need to download that and play it again because it sounds pretty cool now. But also now there's so many Pokemon. Well, now that there's so many Pokemon, that it. it's going to feel like a brand new game for you for like the next year. Yeah. My true. problem. But I feel like it's it's to the point where there's so many Pokemon because how many generations are, is it up to the third generation third, yeah. of Pokemon that are in the game now? So third is kind of where I fell out of it. So I don't know if I'd even recognize half. Well, good. Them. Now you can weird. discover them for the first time. Because <laughs> wait till you get to the ice cream cone Pokemon, and the trash Pokemon. That's like that's a I've while seen from those now, though. guys. Oh. But then there's like there's like daily goals and stuff now that actually seem to like give you a better reason to jump into the game more often rather than just like the streaks and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm about to. That was what I was. That was when I was like, oh, like that that gives me a purpose that makes me want to download it again i'm really close to getting mew oh no way it's like from a set of special daily not really daily challenges but the special challenges that you have to complete in sequence in order to unlock it pretty much i wonder so i have a question josh since you've been playing since they have more pokemon now are pokemon spawning more often and are more common and easily found because that was my problem when i played is because i live in the middle of nowhere and not by a city there weren't a lot of Pokemon around to get. Yeah. Well, I can't like me answering that question is probably not going to help you any because you live in LA. <laughs> yeah. Like Pokemon are everywhere. I thought that all they the time had here. tried to make it. So like right now, like while, while you were talking, I caught three Pokemon. Jesus Christ. Because they just, <laughs> they just show up right outside my apartment. So <laughs> I, I thought that they had tried to make it. So they uh, spawns were more plentiful in uh, like rural. Yeah. Areas. That's one of the purposes of their daily quests now is that, every week when you complete well it's not doesn't necessarily have to be seven days in a row but once you've completed seven daily challenges you get visited by a legendary pokemon Ooh. and you get to catch it that way so that way if you're a rural player you don't have to do a raid where it's dependent on like 20 other people showing up within a small a short time frame and fighting it all together because that was almost impossible if you were in a place where no one really played the game but now it's like you complete the daily challenges and you're guaranteed to encounter a legendary and you don't have to go through the hassle. Mm. Okay. I'm going to download it and try it again. See how it yeah, goes. It's, it's it's much more improved now. And I, I haven't really played since like the beginning. So yeah. And there's so many Pokemon out now too. It's like, you're going to hopefully be constantly finding new stuff. They have an app throwing yeah. practice for Pokemon go. <laughs> I'm totally installing that. That's how you get those bonus just throw points. It, just fucking throw it forward. What's the, I don't get it. This game will literally make you worse at Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh, God. Is that the review? <laughs> yes. This game will literally make you worse. <coughs> Shit. <coughs> I'm dying. So. <laughs> Help. So, so while Courtney kills over, did you want to talk about any of the news for the week, Derek? Yeah. Sure, yeah. First, uh, the thing that I thought was most interesting, or one of the things I thought was most interesting, uh, just because I know Courtney was, I knew Courtney had downloaded and was playing the Harry Potter, what's it called? Mystery the, something. The Terrible Hogwarts Harry Mystery. Potter game. Um, the Terrible Harry, I don't think that's the title, because <laughs> I don't think people would download it if that was that's what it true. was called. Although Harry Potter are the first is the first two words, so they probably still would. Um, that's a joke, too. So there's actually an article from Polygon just noting that players are pretty mad because uh, uh, very, very quickly the uh, timers and the wait times get absolutely yeah. massive. Um, so there's actually a point where you, you're already into eight-hour-long timers about an hour into the game. Um, what? So they know that there's a challenge early on in the free-to-play game where players become trapped in the Devil's Snare. 
the potentially lethal, lethal plant that Harry and his friends face in the Philosopher's Stone. Players are expected to use their energy, a resource that builds through completing activities and depletes during challenges to get out of the Devil's Snare's vice-like grip. Except the app doesn't let players earn enough energy before encountering the plant. The alternative is to either buy more for it through in through in-app purchases or wait for hours, but players argue they don't want to spend actual money this early on. The scene occurs less than an hour in the game, and according to players uh, on Twitter and Tumblr, it feels like it's forcing players to spend money on energy. I mean, that's like, I, and I feel like that is fairly quick. Like, I feel like a lot of these free-to-play games that I've played, it's something where it's like, like they're f- throwing credits at you or whatever for the first hour or two to actually get you into the mechanics, to get you liking what you're seeing and to get you comfortable with the game. And then you're at the point where you can make that decision. Like I want to wait forever for any, for everything, or I want to spend some money on this, but I feel like, like being less than an hour in, like that is not something yeah. where, I mean, I, pro- I would probably spend money at that point if I was enjoying it because it's probably a couple dollars, but, um, but I could see a lot of people, not like not being into it at that point and then like especially like excuse me i got the hiccups um uh, somebody from android police even noted that that they encountered this at the 25 minute mark if i'm like if i'm at that point where i need to decide whether or not i'm going to spend money on some on, on this game at the 25 minute mark like i'm probably just going to close the app and never open it again yeah pretty much that sounds pretty terrible i mean i'm actually kind of mad that i've been fucking using my data to play this game which i just now realized it's a waste (laughs) yes doing things does use data because i didn't i just thought it downloaded it to your phone and you can play like without having to Mm. use wi-fi or anything so Mm. no but i think like all of those timer based free-to-play games are are pretty data heavy not data heavy but they use data because they need to keep everything in sync with the servers and stuff because otherwise you could, I remember like the early games that did that or some like DS games that did that or things like Animal Crossing. It'd be like, this is going to take like 30 days. And so you just set your clock ahead and it's yeah. done, right? I think it's to stop you from being able to do stuff like that. But I think one thing one thing here too is this I, this game just came out. This game just released. I, I'm sure that they're going to be receptive to that feedback and adjust things as, as, as things go on. Um, if they want the Do game well. to, you know, if they want the game to stick at the top of the app store and if they want to people to continue to play the game past the hour mark or whatnot, like they're going to have to make some changes. Um, and and I don't believe this game had a soft launch. Um, at least it did often game soft launch in Canada. So often I see them kind of earlier. Um, I did not see this game on the app store at any point before it's kind of worldwide launch. So I'm, I'm sure that they're just getting that feedback now for the first time. Um, and and I would imagine that we'll see some changes yeah. pretty quickly to that, just because yeah, just it's just not. I feel like that's just not enough time for, and and I mean it's interesting. It's interesting to to it's interesting talking about mobile games because for instance, talking about a console game, it's like we have to spend you know sixty dollars US or a hundred dollars Canadian on this game sight unseen without even playing it. Um, whereas this free game you can play for an hour before you decide, need to decide if you want to spend a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like up in arms about it. Well, but, it's, it's um, more than that. So like I, I just checked in the little store thing in order for you to refill your energy, you can't straight up buy energy. You have to buy gems and to buy the gems yep. in order for me to top off my energy. It's at where I'm at. And I've only been, I've, I've gone to one class. It's a dollar. Okay. But for me to do, like, I think the farther you go, like, it sounds like for that devil's snare, you might need more. It's a, like $5 yeah. to get, a, like, 100 gems. So, I mean, it's not a ton. 
okay. and it's also mm-hmm. like it's a shitty tap tap game it's not like it's that interesting i don't know <laughs> i'll give it i'm gonna stop calling it a shitty tap tap game i'm gonna give it a chance <laughs> later how much did you how much did you spend on badge collector josh um, i don't even want to think about it well it was more i think <laughs> i think i spent about 30 ish dollars and then i was like all right that's about the price okay, of a real game so now that i've had my fun i'm gonna fucking stop fuck it hey, i don't yeah. know shit was embarrassing though <laughs> yeah not my, not my proudest not my proudest moment like i don't even fucking like i don't even t- look at those digital badges anymore Oh, they were digital. Like it seems like, yeah, like right. I, I, yeah. It was basically like buying decorations for your home screen. Wow. And it was like yes, they were all different. Was. Like essentially, they were all like claw games. And the way they would hook you is they would give you one free attempt, and all the good ones are always like all the way in the back or buried under garbage. So it's like you would use your free attempt, and you would knock the crappy ones out of the way, and it would look like the one you actually want's like just out of reach. So you're like, <laughs> oh, well, if you pay one dollar, you'll get five more chances, and then. Five chances is usually enough to where maybe you only needed one or two more chances to get the one you wanted. And since you had like three more plays left, it was like, oh, I have three more. Let me just move to another board and use them there. Yeah. And then those three those three plays would uncover the good one on that board. And you would run out right at the end and be like, oh, well, you want to pay one more dollar? And it was just like a cycle. You know, you know, <laughs> like those... that game really felt meticulously planned to like constantly get you to keep spending money on it. You know, those games you have where like you drop the coins in. And you build up like a big like stash of coins and it pushes the coins off the edge. And then you get like tickets back for it, like Dave and Busters and stuff. What, who else? Yeah. Has that's what happens with me with those games. And that's also what happens to me at slot machines. Yeah. Which is why I was not allowed <laughs> to gamble when we went to Reno. Because like I'm always like, oh, just one more spin. It's only like, look, I got so close. Look how like I, I've got a lucky. I won one this time. I can keep going. Like, no, like get me out. Don't let me go to a casino, please. That was the best thing about oh, living in Alaska was like no casinos. I, I have a video of it. I need to find it and post it now that I'm thinking about it. But there was one board. It was like a Fire Emblem Sprite board. And the like the surf because each board would have different surfaces too so like it was an icy surface so they would slide around more mm-hmm. and there was like a ramp with a hole in the middle so it was like really hard to slide or theoretically it's supposed to be really hard to slide them in and i don't know how i did it or what i bet, tit- I bet titus o'neill could slide I right sure in could. <laughs> <laughs> but i i don't know how i did it but I like tried to grab like two badges and then like they started just flying all over the place and the physics got kind of fucked up and they all slid across the ice and they all went down the hole on like just on the free try. And I got, I cleared the whole board with one attempt. I was like, fuck yeah. Why can't that happen every time that I never spend money on this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah. So uh, in other news, uh, this one's pretty small, but I thought it was just a nice confirmation that hopefully we are actually still going to see Red Dead Redemption 2 this year. Um, there was an Amazon listing that was leaked. That was a uh, the uh, not not officially titled yet, but it's basically a Red Dead Redemption 2 art book um, that is slated for a release on October 30th, which is the same day that the game is supposed to come out. Um, of course, they could delay the game and delay the book as well, but I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like that's less likely. Um, but yeah, I just hope that it's a confirmation potentially that we are actually still getting that game this year. It sounds interesting too, because Rockstar is typically pretty secretive. I feel like about a lot of this stuff and has not released in our book based on any of its games before. 
Um, but they note that the it's it's not just art. Uh, well, I guess it is kind of just art, but the book includes storyboards and behind the scenes inner workings of the game's creation with a mix of detailed original art, concept, story, and character studies, sketches, and actual screen, jo- screen grabs of the end result that led to the creation of this spectacular game. Um, I, I, I don't know. I would definitely be down for that. I think that Red Dead has really a unique and interesting art style. Um, and I would be, I, I do love those art books. I, I like, I have the, I think that I haven't bought one in a while. The most recent one I got was like the fallout four art book, but just seeing the concept art and seeing what that became in the actual game, I feel like is just really, really neat. And I just want to play Red Dead Redemption two on October 30th. So please don't delay. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I was pretty sure I saw that they were releasing uh, it sometime this year. So, yeah, it was supposed to be earlier. It was supposed to be last oh. year, I think. And then it got to, del- it's like Rockstar, Rockstar just delays stuff yeah, a lot, well. basically. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, the only other piece of news I was interested in being a big fan of Microsoft's Game Pass, uh, which I've talked a bunch about, is they've just, being that we are almost in May, they've detailed the games that will hit Game Pass in May. Uh, it's a pretty decent list. Uh, we've got the Escapists. Homefront of the Revolution, uh, Overcooked, which is probably the most fun local multiplayer game uh, ever made, aside from Mario mm-hmm. Kart. Uh, seriously, like you guys, no. have you guys played Overcooked? Nope. You, you guys should look into Overcooked. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Uh, I think because I picked it up around Christmas time last year, uh, and I think I talked about it on the podcast a bit, but I don't know that I've ever laughed so much playing a video game as trying to figure out <laughs> shit and overcook. Like, it's just absolutely absurd uh, and just so much fun. Um, we're also getting Pro Evolution Soccer 2018, Sonic and Knuckles, a game called Unmechanical Extended, uh, a game called Laser League. Uh, and on May 22nd, on the day of release, we will see State of Decay 2, which looks pretty rad. Yeah, on top of that, you're t- how that's you're talking that, about it. what's it called, um, Detroit earlier. I know the PlayStation Plus free games for next month is including the PS4 port of Beyond Two Souls, so that's kind of cool. Right, nice. right. I haven't looked at yes. that yet. Uh, I think you can also, I think if you pre-order the game on the PlayStation Store right now, you also get a free copy of Beyond Two oh. Souls. Hmm. Um, but I, I, would, I, I would love to replay Beyond Two Souls. I only played it when, right when it came out. And I really enjoyed it at that point. I feel like I could play a remaster of that. I did want to tell you, Derek, I signed up for the Xbox Live version that you can do on your computer so I could try and play Sea of Thieves with you guys. Oh, nice. And they had like a thing where they're doing like a two-week free trial of the Games Pass. So uh, I'm working on it, but I haven't been doing it because I haven't playing God of War. Because you've been too because busy God playing of, God of War. I have too been busy with your boy. This, like this was the only game I was excited for to come out this year. So like that I have it, that I got it is really exciting, and I get a I get to spend time <laughs> with my beautiful son. Right. Who is very scarred. You should get a tattoo of of your of your son. No. Although I do have I do have some sweet tattoos. Get like a, I'm really excited for them. But I, I don't know. Although I, you know, like one thing, why is his little face so scarred? He's like ten. It upsets me. Anyway, wasn't he always going hunting with his mom or something? Yeah, but you know, I've gone hunting. You know how many scars I have from hunting? Zero. Yeah, because you go hunting with like shooting it from miles away, like a coward. He's doing all the spear. That's not true. You don't know anything about <laughs> did you, hunting. Did you? Did you kill? Did you kill him with your bare hands? I don't think so. No. 
He's not killing okay. shit with his bare hands. He's got a bow and arrow. He's got a bow and arrow. He's got a spear. He doesn't have a spear. I bet his mom is killing shit with his bare hands. <laughs> I feel like I isn't it that he never was like, able to go hunting? She took him hunting, because... but like he wasn't like a good hunter yet. Like he was well, like maybe. learning. Oh, I thought he just oh, said, "Oh, there you go." That's home. what. Because he, yeah, he was always sick, sick. or something. He right? is always sick. Maybe he just maybe he just had syphilis or something, and those are all scars from. That. Oh my god, my baby does not have <laughs> syphilis. It's fucking. It's it's like ancient Nordic. No time period. Do you know? There's probably all kinds of diseases. You're not wrong. Where did syphilis come from? I'm looking into that later. Anyway, from the mafia. <laughs> now I've got to look up some papers later. I'm writing it down. Uh, do we have any other news? Uh, yeah, I had a few things I wanted to mention. Uh, Nintendo went over their financial uh, report the other day and had a lot of interesting news as far as like their sales and all that. Mostly that Mario Odyssey has already sold 10 million units for the Switch, which I thought was pretty surprising, hmm. which is the highest selling game on the Switch. Um, right behind it was Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 9.22 million. So combined with the wii u version i think it's at about 15 million something like that which is it's crazy that the like the remake of the game can sell double yeah. uh double that, what the original did like yeah. not that long afterwards and on a much and a it, console that hasn't just, been around it just goes for back to what i was saying before it was like oh the wii u doesn't have good games and then all of a sudden the exact same fucking games are on the switch and they're selling 9.22 million in like eight months <laughs> um that just talks about video. how great the switch is the same game but it's the Switch. It's the console that makes it better, obviously. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's, it's the Inklings that made it better because they add, they oh. were added to it, which oh, is probably go. why Splatoon 2 sold 6.02 million and is the fourth best-selling game. Zelda was number three with 8.48 million, and that's only on the Switch. So if it Damn. doesn't list the doesn't list the Wii U sales, but I'm sure it's over 10 million combined. Um, and then after Splatoon 2, it kind of takes a pretty big dip, but 1-2 Switch is the next highest selling game, and I don't know why. At 2.29 million, ARMS is at 1.8. I feel like oh, I like 1-2 Switch. <laughs> that game was really, really bad. I didn't play. It's so much fun. It's a fun like, party uh, game. Yeah. I think I bought it. I think I bought it used. I'm going to play it right now. For like, uh, by myself. Like, I played each of the games like a handful of times, and I was like, okay, I'm done. But, uh. Then ARMS was yeah, at yeah, 1.85 million. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was at 1.31 million, which was kind of impressive considering that the game came out in December and it already outsold both Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and Xenoblade Chronicles X's sales combined. So that was pretty cool because I had really no idea how that game was doing. And then Kirby Star Allies is the eighth best-selling game on the Switch at 1.26 million, which is even more impressive because that literally just came out like a month ago. Yeah, like so, a couple weeks ago. So Jeez. that was pretty cool. Um, I believe that Nintendo said they wanted to sell another 20 million Switches by the end of the year, by the end of the fiscal year, so March of next year, basically, which is kind of ambitious. But if the rumors are true that the focus at E3 this year for Nintendo is going to be both Smash Brothers and Pokemon, which implies that the next main Pokemon games coming for Switch, then I could see them hitting that pretty easy. Um, speaking of Xenoblade... Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2's next batch of DLC was both revealed and released this week, and it included uh, Telos as a uh, as a blade that you could unlock if you have the season pass for the game. So 
if anyone's familiar with Xeno Saga, which was like the PS2 series, um, its main character was a very, very hard to obtain character in Xenoblade 2. I mean, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So with this DLC, Telos is basically like the evil version of the main character, like the evil version slash rival or whatever. So they're releasing her as DLC, which is further fueling the speculation that they're going to release some kind of a Xenoblade collection for Switch, which, um, as we were talking about a few weeks ago, games that should get remakes, that's one of them, just because of the niche popularity that the Mm. game has had and being able to bundle all three together when those games are so expensive individually now would be a pretty cool idea. And then last piece of news I wanted to talk about was that the next two DLC characters for Dragon Ball Fighters were announced and they're both lining up perfectly with the leak that came out a few months ago. So this time it's focusing on Dragon Ball Super and they're adding fused Zamasu, which is a combination of Goku Black and Zamasu for anyone who's watched the show. And then the other one is uh, Vegito Blue, which is the fusion of Goku and Vegeta. So that was kind of cool. Did you guys see the clip from Dragon Ball Super where Goku goes to the future to fight Goku Black? So I'll have to send it to you guys later. But basically, they go into the future. And since Goku Black looks exactly like Goku, all of like the military people who are still alive in the dystopian future are like pointing their guns at Goku because they think he's the evil one. And they're pointing their guns at him and they're about to shoot him. And then Trunks shows up and he goes, hold your fire. This man isn't black. <laughs> oh well, well how about that that was fucking amazing and the funny thing is you know they did that on purpose because that was pretty much um translated almost verbatim from the japanese version and they had two years to think of a different way to say it but instead they were just like fuck it but yeah that was it was there any news that you wanted to talk about courtney before we uh i have one important note here uh it says fuck e3 yeah, that was that was the last thing I wanted to talk about before we round before we. I finish have no up. news. Um, I, I have n- I have not been keeping up. I've been hey, yeah, too busy with her boy. So I'll try. <laughs> I'll keep it short. But basically, Jonathan emailed me last week saying, "Oh, there's one more pass for E3. Do you want to sign up?" I'm like, "Cool." So I go on the website. I go through the process, and then when you get to the end of the application process, where normally you would send your credentials, which was usually a scan of your business card a scan of your uh, state ID and like two or three articles that you've written. Instead, I go on this time and it's like, you need two items of verification. One of which it needs to be like a pay stub or a tax document with the business name on it and your personal name on it. Yeah. Like all this shit, like all these, like essentially like business documents proving that you're a business. And then one of the two documents had to have your name on it. And of course, the only person whose name's going to be on anything is Jonathan, pretty much. Well, we don't get paid. So yeah. So I'm not, <laughs> so this year I'm not going to E3, and it's because oh. seemingly, what it seems like to me is that they're trying to. You know how last year we were saying that it was so crowded because they had all the paid tickets. Yeah. I think what they're doing is that they're trying to let less people in, but instead they're like filtering out like small independent websites. GG. And making more room for more people to pay. Because it literally says, like, at, underneath where it says where your credentials are, it goes, oh, if you don't have the credentials in time, you you can feel free to buy a regular pass for $250. Eat, eat a dick, E3. I'm like, seriously, fuck you guys. You know, it's supposed to be 
an industry event to kind of yeah. show off to kind of sh- uh, show off like the next years in gaming. It's like a trade show. And now that they got their little and this is kind of what I was worried about last year. I'm pretty sure I was talking about on the podcast how I was afraid that if they make them enough money over it, it's going to be like focusing more on like essentially just treating it as like a comic con style thing and not actually yeah. a trade show anymore. So now it's like, it's only reserved for the people who are going to spend $300 and like the IGNs and polygons of the world. And then anyone who's below that, it's kind of like, fuck off. We don't need you. You guys we, can We're just making all this watch. extra money off of everyone else. And it's really, really shitty, especially, you know, yeah. when people have, I mean, it was hard enough to play. It was like hard enough to get in and play the stuff that you needed to cover for the site before that. And now it's like twice as crowded. And now they're um, filtering out people like smaller websites and smaller writers and freelance writers and stuff. It's it's really, really terrible. But they're laughing all the way to the bank. So I'm sure they don't give a shit. But still, fuck off E3. I don't really care anymore. (laughs) I honestly honestly wasn't even planning on going this year because I didn't want to deal with it. And then when I got that email from Jonathan, I was like, sure, why not? Then I got mad, so I shouldn't have just get. The answer was just not to give a shit to begin with. If I had just stuck to it and said, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to go, and I could have emailed Jonathan and said, oh, thanks, fuck but it. I'm going to sit out this year, I would have been fine. But now, did no. You, did you email John and be like, hey, we have to start getting paid if we can want to go to A3, so, like, pay stubs? No, I should have thought of that. Instead, I just emailed him and said hey jonathan i said can you add my name like can you forge my name on any one of these things in like photoshop so i can send it we didn't hear that josh yeah that's not recorded yeah no it's uh john because i know you're listening like we could tell you could pay us ten dollars a month total so we could get that sweet new uh recording thing that we want like jonathan or you could just forge your tax documents that's cheaper Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we already have, you know, it's fine. Um, So, mission objective? Derek, do you want to take that? Because that was yours. Yeah. Uh, so, this is, uh, this this was care of tr- the true, gra- <laughs> fuck, I can't talk, uh, the true gaming subreddit, which is where all the best oh. mission objective questions tend to come from. Uh, what have been your most next gen games? So these are games that make you think that this is the future of video games. Um, I don't know. As, as cynical as it sounds, I haven't felt that way in a really long time. But um, probably the last time that I felt that way that I can think of off the top of my head is Dead Rising 1 back on the 360 when it had so many enemies on screen at one time. And to me, it's like the new generation isn't even so much about graphics as much as it's about what can I do now that I couldn't do before. And to me, it's like whether or not a game looks better or mm. not, if it plays exactly the same, it doesn't make that big of a difference to me. But then it was like when Dead Rising was like, you're surrounded by hundreds of enemies at a time and the game wasn't slowing down at all. And it was still just as fluid as it was before when there's no one else on screen. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I guess if I were to think about it a little more, just when you first picked up the Switch and you realize that the portable had like console level quality to it that was pretty great um and then when motion controls were first introduced like those are all the ones that i'm thinking of off the top of my head um i think the first time i played a game and thought like wow this is the most amazing game ever it was god of war (laughs) last week no (laughs) it was uh, when i met my son when i met my my beautiful boy no uh no i love that game but i like 
I don't know that I think of that as like the future of gaming. Um, it was actually with Skyrim because it was just it was the first time I played a, a true open world game, and it was so beautiful. And you had so many options, and I still haven't finished playing it. And I still haven't played all the bits in it, even in like the main vanilla version. Um, but uh, most recently would have been when I got to play Abduction at PAX West last fall. Um, we got to do uh, the VR version of it. I think it was on the PS4 VR set. It was just gorgeous. It was gorgeous, and it felt really, really real, and that was like, the second time I've ever been in a game and been like, wow, I'm in the game. I'm not just like playing a game and like I'm in this game and I am part of it. And even when I played the PC version, which was not obviously not the VR 3D part, um, I still got really sucked into it. And I only got to play for like five minutes of each. So <laughs> and, and like to be fair, like when I did the VR portion, when we've told the story before, like you're, we were on like a cliff. It was we were high the fuck up. I was so uncomfortable the entire time. I didn't want to like move because um, like I wouldn't walk anywhere and I wouldn't lean anywhere because I was afraid I was going to fall off this cliff. Um, And that's how amazing that was. So um, I'm going to, I'll make a note to put that in this show notes. So if you guys want to look into it, you can, because it's it's seriously a really cool game. Um, But if you talk to our own Carlos, he will tell you that mobile gaming is the future of gaming. Um, and I did read an interesting article saying, so they're coming out with a new wireless protocol. Uh, so they're going from 4G to 5G, and it's supposed to reduce lag. And um, I think it's also supposed to like reduce the amount of data that you need in order to do things. So they're saying that that's going to revolutionize mobile gaming and make mobile gaming and like on-the-go gaming, maybe with a Switch, a lot more accessible. So... Um, I'm interested to see what happens when that comes out. I can send you guys that article if you want, because it's kind of cool. Like, I got nerdy because I used to work in in uh, wireless and stuff, so like it sounded like old work things, but it was really cool. So there's that article for y'all. <laughs> Shut up! I'm so tired. <laughs> what about uh, you, Derek? So I think for so I think for myself, uh, <sighs> the first two that kind of come to mind. Uh, one of them kind of. Is, feels fairly generic, but it would be probably uh, Super Mario 64 uh, just being the first... I, was it the first 3D platformer or was it just the first 3D platformer that I played? I don't know at this time. Um, I don't think it was the first, but I think it was the first one that was good. Okay, okay. Um, so it was the first one that I played anyways, and it was especially like coming from playing super mario world or super mario you know all the uh, the previous ones even through super mario all-stars or even on the nest itself but um but just that transition from that 2d world into holy crap i mean there's a whole nother dimension uh it was just unbelievable and and like seeing i mean i mean that felt like the beginning of 3d platformers or 3d games in, almost in general and seeing the evolution of that from that point on it I, it was just unbelievable. Um, aside from that, more recently, I would have to say uh, playing Resident Evil 7 in VR. Um, I don't think I've ever been more scared in my life. <laughs> I still haven't finished the game, and I don't know if I ever will because it's too scary. Uh, but every second of that game is just like 
just so much atmosphere, both in terms of the audio and in terms of the video uh, and, and in terms of VR elements, but also the fact that like it, it, this was the game that proved that you do not need to make sacrifices to have a full fledged triple a title in virtual reality, because it is the same game, whether you're playing in VR or whether you're playing uh, on a TV with a controller it is the same game. You can jump out of VR if you don't want to be in VR anymore. And you're playing the same game that you were just playing, but on your TV, um, it's a phenomenal game in 2d. It's a phenomenal game. If you're just playing it on a television, it is one of the most memorable gaming experiences that I've ever had playing in VR. And, and I cannot it, VR still feels like it's in infancy. I cannot wait to, if we're getting stuff like that these days. I cannot wait to see what we get two or three or four or five years down the line. So I just want to clarify real quick. Uh, Resident Evil was so scary you can't even finish it in 2D? No, uh, I I only really want to play it in VR. Oh, okay. So I haven't progressed anymore um, because I don't want to play it on my TV because I only want to play it uh, in but VR. But it's too scary. But it's to it's like like i just like like and there'll be days where i'm like maybe i should play resident evil today and i'm like nah i don't feel like being terrified yeah. like also fuck you guys for like oh Courtney, you should totally play this and shane you should totally make you it. should play I'm it i'm never doing it no i will i will just we're I'll gonna stream that die. shit it's a san diego comic-con I couldn't, 2018 special so shane had me do the all right, it's the a two D the two D preview Comic-Con. of it, and I couldn't even watch the like. I started to do it, and I was like, I can't make myself move the controller around. And then he played it. I couldn't even watch him play it. I was gonna vomit. I can't uh, do it. I have I have an idea that's gonna solve all. I have an idea that's gonna solve all of our problems. We'll stream one of us playing it while Courtney's wearing the oh, VR headset. No. <laughs> oh, so that it's no. not even it's that's not even awful. in her control. Even worse. I don't even know. I was like, I was just thinking, like, could I play it if I was drunk? I don't even think I could play it if I was drunk. I think you would just end up with the drunk, scared white girl on your hands. And you don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and one one thing I wanted to add when I was listening to Derek, I remembered his story with Mario 64 reminded me. And this is probably the my legit best answer now that I had time to think about it. But I remember when the PS2 first came out. And I was walking to the swap meet to buy one because that was like the only fucking place that had it on launch day. The swap meet? And I saw, yeah, there was a swap meet near my house that and had it, it. Like, isn't that just where people get together and like trade shit? Essentially, but this uh, swap meet by my place had like little shops. Okay. And one of them was like a video game shop. Okay, okay. And so they used to rent, they used to rent like game time where you could pay like $5 <laughs> an hour to sit there and play whatever game you wanted. And so they had the PS2 set up there and it was the first time I had really seen it in person. And the person was playing Madden. And at first when I was walking up to the store from afar, I thought he was actually just watching a football game because that's how real it looked from a distance. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I've never seen like there's such a huge jump in graphics and to the point where it almost looks photorealistic. And come to think of it like when i think about that moment and i compare it to every generation after that i'm feel like that was like the biggest jump from one generation to another in terms of like visual quality because now it's like from the ps2 to the ps3 it looks more realistic and from the ps3 to the ps4 it looks you know more smooth and higher resolution but i feel like the ps2 era in a lot of ways was like pretty much the peak of visual quality in terms of like how much it could improve and everything else since then has kind of just been polishing and building on what that 
particular generation was. So now that I'm thinking about it, that was probably my biggest like next gen feeling. Cool. Yeah. Is You're still thinking about that Resident Evil? Yeah, I'm I'm real uncomfortable right now. Like it's dark outside. I think we should make it happen at Comic Con. <laughs> For like ten minutes. Just commit to ten, 10 minutes. Ten minutes? That's a long ass time, Derek. It's not that long. <laughs> That's a long time. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Um, <coughs> I think that's it. I'm starting to cough. I'm getting the fear coughs. The fear coughs. <laughs> the fear coughs. Next comes the fear vomits. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not a delicate vomiter either. It won't be pretty. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Right. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, where we're hopefully we'll be posting better more things all the time um i put better more things all the better time better more things all the time like- that should be our slogan <laughs> <laughs> and then proceed to not post anything that's better nor more <laughs> nor things no because i was that was that was a little jab at shane because he did get episode 150 up but did not make a post on facebook or our website geekscape.net uh, so i'm going to be backfilling that um you can find us on Twitter the, now that I have the Twitter, but I haven't been tweeting. Um, but if you would like to, you could tweet at us and I'll get notifications and hopefully be more involved in it. Uh, what about you guys? Where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Cranavelt on Twitter and I'm Captain K 17 across gaming platforms. And I'm at Inu Joshua on all gaming platforms and social media. And I am at AK Geeky Girl on Twitter. And I think I'm Geeky Girl AK everywhere else. And if you're desperate to find me, tweet me and I will do a thorough background check to make sure you're not a murderer and then get back to you. So that's it. We're done. I'm not doing the Bye. Shane goodbye. Oh, Bye. You're going to do the Shane goodbye. No, Bye. I'm not. I can't. I'm not Shane. Sorry. Bye, Shane. Not with that attitude. No, no. <laughs> All right, that's it. Bye. Bye. I'm ice cold. I'm Baltimore, that white coat. This one for the HP. He says he hates me, but what can he do? Caught the kid, boy who lived. Harry's out of luck. With the elder one, stop the chosen one. Maybe make a new Horcrux. I'm too high. Hot head. Gonna all try and stop this man. I'm too high. Headmaster retire, man, I'm too hot Don't say my name, you know who I am, I'm too hot I'm bad about this, curse about it down now Albert sent you hallelujah Albert sent you hallelujah Albert sent you hallelujah Cause Dark Lord Fong gon' give it to you Cause Dark Lord